Greetings, friends. Welcome. My name is Dr. Dwayne McKee, president of Adventist World Radio. This is Earth's final countdown. Remember, it's a continuation of unlocking Bible prophecies that, that can be done. We're talking about Orion. We're talking about heaven. What does this mean? How much does heaven cost? I don't know about you, but I am so tired. I'm sick and tired of living on this old ball and mud. I want Jesus to come to take us to the heavenly home. He's preparing for us now. Stay tuned. Welcome again. Oh, by the way, be sure you subscribe to this channel and then click like and then hit that little bell. It'll go kind of bing. You'll kind of like that. It's, it's fun to do. Last time we talked about Revelation reveals Satan's final deception. This time we're talking about heaven, Orion. Some of us think that there's a nebula of stars called Orion that will go through Orion up to heaven that Jesus is preparing for us now. By the way, if you have questions, prayer requests, anything, if you want to contact us, WhatsApp us at plus one two two four two 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 zero seven seven seven. Now, if you just want to send a text, just leave the plus one off two two four two 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 zero seven seven seven. And I have this beautiful, beautiful countdown chart starting in 1844, going all the way through all the different prophecies, finally ending up with the second coming of Christ. It's a chart. We'll text to you. We'll email to you. Just just ask for it in your text. Ask for it when you text us, 224-222-0777. Say, I want the chart, and we'll give it to you. Send us your address. Send us your phone number. We want to connect with you. Any way that we can help, we sure will. Be sure and text us, though, and, and ask for that chart. Remember, with this series, is all about Jesus. If the tomb in Israel, you've heard us say so many times. And Kathy and I were just there a few months ago. We looked inside that tomb, and it's still empty. It's been empty for 2,000 years. Jesus is not there. He is risen. That's what the angel said, remember? Jesus is coming back. If it weren't for the tomb in Israel, if it weren't for the fact of the promise that he's preparing a place for us now and coming back, I wouldn't be here, but it's all about Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for us that we might live. We're going to talk about the gift of salvation. As we look at prophecy, we're going to go to the end of the book. All the, all the great prophecies. Remember, 1260-year-day prophecy in the Bible seven times, and the 2300-day prophecy. All these great prophecies have been fulfilled, except the second coming of Jesus. That's all that's left. Jesus is coming soon. And Mama's prayers. Oh, my mother. I love her so much. I want to see her on the resurrection morning. My father and my mother, they both prayed for me. And I know someone is praying for you. Your mother, maybe your father, your sister, or brother. Somebody is praying for you. Jesus says, I'm praying for you. Prayer, that's what it's all about. Pray, pray, pray for your children. If we believe in him, he will bless us as only God can. And then God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your family. He has a plan for your children. He has a plan that all your children will go to heaven. Pray. Claim, claim the promise. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Claim those promises, believing that God will fulfill those promises. Remember, God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. Have he not said it? Will he not do it? You can count on what God says. You can't count on your stock market. You can't count on your bank account. You can't count on the money that your aunt or uncle may give you as, as an inheritance. You can count on what God says because he loves you. He died just for you. What a God. Remember, 
If it's in the Bible, I believe it. If it's not in the Bible, it's not for me. The cry of the Reformation, two very important cries of the Reformers, they cried the Bible and the Bible only. Sola Scriptura, the Bible and the Bible only. And then they also said, it's by faith alone in Jesus, not by works. No, by faith alone in Jesus, sola fide. That's the important cries of the Reformation. We want to continue that cry, bringing people back to worship the only true God and worship him as he asks us to worship him. God makes things holy. He makes just, just a few things holy. What God makes holy, we want to honor. God's name is holy. The Bible is holy. The Sabbath is holy. The tithe is holy. Our bodies are holy. And when we honor what God makes holy, we, we receive then God's blessings. Isaiah 58, 13 to 14, and Malachi 3, 8 to 10. We receive God's blessings when we honor what he makes holy. Shall we pray? Dear Lord, thank you so much for all our friends around the world. Our friends in Africa and the Philippines and Asia and China and Europe and South and Inter-America, all our friends here in America who love you so much. And I just pray you'll bless each one, bless their families, bless their children. And Lord, in the end, when Jesus comes, help us all to be ready. Help our friends to be ready. Help their families to be ready to go home and live with you in the eternal home, in the heavenly home, through Orion that you're preparing for us now. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Orion and Revelation going to heaven. Jesus promised, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. That where I am, there you may be also. Jesus said, he's preparing a place for you now. He loves you so much. Let me take you to a special place called Hacksaw Ridge. This, this is the place where, as we had taken the Japanese uh, lay people and pastors to the Philippines, they had preached their first meetings, had a huge baptism. Now we're back in, in Japan a year later, and, and Kathy and I were in Okinawa. We were doing our meetings there, and, and people were doing all across. We had meetings all across the island. First time ever they had done this with Adventist World Radio and Total Member Involvement. It was an exciting experience. And Cammy came with the video crew, and we went up to a place called Hacksaw Ridge. Now, Hacksaw Ridge, let me tell you that story. An incredible place. It was, it was Sabbath. May 5, 1945, the troops were going to advance on the ridge. And, and, and they, they were waiting and waiting on something. There was a, a medic, and he was reading his Bible. His name was Desmond Doss. It was Sabbath, and he wasn't going to go forward. Now, Desmond had been in other encounters with the soldiers. At first, they didn't particularly care for him because he always wanted to read his Bible. But he had helped save so many of them from horrible things. So they were waiting on him. May 5, 1945, Hacksaw Ridge. They're down below. The general calls up and says, hey, you guys, why aren't you advancing? And they, they said, well, we're waiting. Waiting on who? Oh, well, there's this private. He's a medic and, and he's having prayer. What? <laughs> he's reading his Bible. It's his Sabbath. And he's praying that God would take care of us. And the soldiers won't advance until Private Desmond Doss, the, their medic, comes with them because they knew he would take care of them. Just an incredible story. When they were on top of Hacksaw Ridge, something incredible happened, unbelievable. They were run off again. Many of them were shot and wounded. But all night long, Private Desmond Doss, the medic, pulled people, pulled people to the edge, let them down, saved, saved 
75 of them. He said to one of the sergeants, he said, hang on, I'm going to get you out of here. And he pulled him to the ridge. Now, something happened as we were talking there and looking and recounting the story. Something incredible happened. An old man came up to us, Japanese, and he spoke to one of our friends who spoke Japanese. And he said, let me tell you a story. On that day, on that day, a friend of mine was here. I was someplace else, but a friend of mine was here. And he said, there was this guy, this medic, dragging people. <laughs> and he said, I, I saw him. I had him in my sights. I took my, my rifle and I pulled the trigger and it wouldn't shoot. And I fixed it again and I, and I got my rifle and I got him in my sights. I pulled the trigger and it wouldn't shoot. Three times he tried to shoot the medic, Desmond Doss. God had a plan for his life. Seventy-five were saved that day as Desmond Doss, as Desmond Doss, when he kept praying, Lord, give me one more. Just give me one more. That, that's the prayer of Adventist World Radio. As we go around the world and touch people's lives in many, many different places, Lord, give us a little more time. Give us one more. Lord, please just give us one more. As we go to enter in South America, as we go to Europe, as we go to Africa, just give us one more. I, I just read a story about a Catholic priest. He, just, just a few weeks ago, he was watching Cammy's meetings in Africa, and, and his heart was touched because the message about Jesus coming again, a forgiveness of sins, and what, what touched him more than anything else was when he kept saying, if it's in the Bible, I believe it. If it's not in the Bible, it's not for me. And that touched him because he, he was so sick and tired of hearing the traditions of the churches and the traditions of the church. And when we said the Bible, he started reading his Bible. That young man now is a baptized Seventh-day Adventist because he listened to unlocking Bible prophecies. Let's go to heaven. <laughs> that's right. That's what this is all about. Lord, give us one more to prepare us for heaven. And so that's our prayer at Adventist World Radio. Let's go to heaven. Is heaven a real place? Is it really, really real? In the Bible, we, we read stories and promises about Jesus coming to take us to the heavenly home. Is it real? Absolutely. You know, friends, remember what I said at the beginning, I'm sick and tired of this old ball of mud. I want Jesus to come. I have friends that have died. My parents have died. Do you have friends, people that you want? Do you have babies, children, church members, friends that have fallen asleep in Jesus? I want Jesus to come when the resurrection morning will take place and families will be reunited. It's going to be such a wonderful event. You know, the, the home that God gave Adam and Eve was a perfect home. It was heaven on earth, the Garden of Eden. Perfect. Everything was perfect. But because of sin, because of sin, the separation because of man's choice, Adam and Eve, they chose to follow and believe a lie rather than to believe God. Sin entered the world, but God said he had a plan. God had a plan for a heavenly home. The book of Revelation that we've been studying in this prophecy series is all about that plan. God has a plan. He's preparing a beautiful place so that just like the Garden of Eden, this will be an Eden restored, the heavenly home. It'll be beautiful. <laughs> the fruits and the vegetables and the nice things and the fish and glorious things. There, you know, here we see sad things in nature, wonderful nature. Someone said even the rose is gorgeous because it represents what God has made, but because of sin, there, there are thorns on the, the stem of the rose. But in heaven, there'll be no thorns. It'll be perfect. The fish will be beautiful. The animals will be beautiful. They'll, 
the lions, the Bible says, will lay with the lamb. There's no killing there, no death in heaven. There'll be peace and happiness and joy. Adam and Eve are given the gorgeous, beautiful home. That home is going to be restored in heaven. And some of us think that through the, through the nebula of Orion, as you look up and you see Orion and we, it's the brightest stars in the sky. By the way, did you know there are so many stars up there that... So many stars. They're full of stars. You can't, you can't look up into the stars and believe there's not a God. Yeah. So one, a scientist said there are as many stars in the sky, in the heavens, as there are sands on the seaside. Wow. It's endless. And God, with all these other worlds and all this other stuff happening all across the great universe, it goes on forever. God saw sin on this earth. Eden to be restored, he made a promise. And he himself got involved. He himself, his promise that he would send his son, Jesus, to die for our sins because the wages of sin is death. So Jesus said, I'll die, I'll die that all those who believe in me and accept the perpetual gift of salvation may live. Isaiah 59, 2. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Because of that separation of Adam and Eve and then the separation of sin, to repair that, Jesus says, I will die. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Jesus, yes. Through the Old Testament, we see the sacrifices being made, pointing to the Lamb of God who died on Calvary's cross, which is Jesus. He died in my place. He died, friend, in your place. Don't you love him? God says, accept that free gift of salvation. You can't buy it. You can't steal it. You can't earn it. It's free. Jesus died. Just say, thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Lord, for the gift of salvation. 2 Peter 3.13, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. We're looking for that new heaven and the new earth. The wages of sin is death. That's why Jesus died. Wow. That's why we had the whole sacrificial system in the Old Testament, pointing to the cross, Calvary. That's why we have that system. The wages of sin is death. Jesus said, Father, I will die in their place. He died for me. He died for you. But the gift of God is eternal life. It's a gift, a free gift. Remember, I just said, you can't earn it. You can't be good enough. <laughs> That's why we're preaching all around the world to assassins and they're making decisions to, to have their sins washed and cast into the depths of the sea. Can an assassin be saved? Yes, yes. At, at the, the, the ground, the ground right at the foot of the cross is level. They're no, they're no good. You know, I just I just saw in a in a, a little blurb on my my phone or the computer, I guess it was about billionaires. How many billionaires are? Who's the richest billionaire in each state in America? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I'm a billionaire. No, my bank account's not very big. <laughs> no, Kathy and I, you know, we we're looking for the heavenly home. We're billionaires because of the gift of salvation, eternal life. You can't take a billion dollars to heaven with you. No, no. 
You can't buy it. You can't say, God, here's all this money. I want to give it. No, no. You take nothing with you except your character. The fact that Jesus has forgiven you. The gift of God is eternal life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for us. Thank you for the cross. Thank you, Lord God, our maker, our God. Thank you for giving us your son, giving us your son, Jesus, to die for us. John 3, 16. I love this verse. I want to read it in the, in the King James Version because that's how I memorized it when I was young. It's a, the most... It's, it's, the best verse, the most known verse in all the world from the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave all that he had, his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, that whosoever, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Did you know? You're a whosoever? <laughs> That's not very good English, I know that. <laughs> but you are a whosoever. That whosoever believe, if you believe in him, no matter who you are, that whosoever believes in him, that whosoever, <laughs> you're a whosoever, I'm a whosoever, Kathy's a whosoever, Cammy's a whosoever, all of us are whosoever. Whosoever, yeah, God, Jesus died. That whosoever believes in him, in Jesus, accepts that gift. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There's nothing to fear. <laughs> Jesus said, just believe in me, accept the gift of salvation. Wow. <laughs> John 14, 3, I will come again, he says, and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus is coming again. He's preparing a place. And we'll look at him and say, this is our God in whom we have waited, and he will save us from our sins. Jesus is coming to save us from our sins. Jesus is coming in the clouds of glory. 1 Corinthians 15, 52 and 53. I love this verse. <laughs> I love this verse. Right now we know, we look around the world and we say, oh, that's why I said before, I'm sick and tired of this old ball of mud. All this stuff, all these riots and all the wars in different parts of the world and the killing and the shooting and all this stuff. All this stuff is going to be over. Yeah, men die now. We're not, we're not immortal. Even though Satan, the devil, Lucifer, the dragon, he lied to Adam and Eve. He said, no, 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 you won't surely die when you disobey God and eat the fruit. He lied because they're immortal. They died. But there's a time, there's a time when there's, we will become immortal, when it's impossible for us to die. And that's, here's the text. 1 Corinthians 15, 52, and 53, we shall be changed. This is when the trumpet sounds, Jesus is coming in the clouds. For this corruptible must put on corruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. That means we will never die. Jesus, the trumpet sounds, we go up there. Wow, I can't wait. Yeah, I want Jesus to come. I can't wait. He's coming. What will these immortal bodies be like? Somebody asks, well, notice here in Philippians, 3, 20, and 21. The Bible tells us we'll be known as we're known. Now here it says there in Philippians, for our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. So our bodies in heaven will be like Jesus. We know this. 
the, the road to Emmaus. I mentioned this before to some of my friends. This is the road that, you remember on that Sunday afternoon after the resurrection, Mary and others and the mother and others had gone and to, to the tomb and found it empty. And Peter had run and John had run and they found it empty. And they were wondering all about this. They were back in the upper room still hiding out for fear of the Jews. <laughs> they just couldn't quite get it. Well, two disciples, Cleopas and his friend, were walking on this road. Now, we had been there in Israel, just outside Jerusalem, several years before. And we were coming back from Africa and we were coming through there. I rented a car this time. Before I had, I was, I hadn't, uh, we were with someone else. I hadn't rented a car and I, but I thought I knew where the road was. And I said to Kathy, it was Sabbath afternoon. We were in Jerusalem and I said, let's go out to the road to Emmaus. And she said, she's such a wonderful wife. You know, she's always right. Always, because I, I love her so much. And, <laughs> She said, why don't you stop and ask for directions? And I said, I think I can find this. Well, honey, I th it's been several years. You need to ask for directions. Just let me try. And so I drove and drove and drove and drove. And finally, I found the road to Emmaus there where Cleopas and his friend were walking along on that Sunday afternoon over 2,000 years ago, walking along on that cobblestone road. And all of a sudden, a stranger came up by them, and this stranger began to talk. Hey, why, why are you so downcast? Why are you so sad? Oh, you haven't heard? You, you must be the only one in all of Israel who haven't heard what has happened. Jesus, they crucified him. They crucified him. How could they have crucified such a wonderful man? And they were so sad. And then Jesus says, oh, let me share with you. And so he took the scriptures, and he began to open up the prophecies of the Bible. That's right. <laughs> and they, they got so excited, they got to the place, and they said, come inside and eat with us. And he sat down with them, and they looked at his hands, and they saw the scars of the nail prints in his hands, and they, they recognized him. And <laughs> he was gone. And they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us <laughs> as he opened the word to us as we walked by the way? You see, they were studying prophecy, the prophecy about Jesus. And that's why I get so excited about Daniel and Revelation. We study these great prophecies. It's a burning heart experience. That's what I want. That's what you want. To know that Jesus is coming. We're living at the end of time. And the next thing, the next great prophecy to be fulfilled is the second coming of Christ. The trumpet will sound. Jesus will come. And the dead in Christ, those who have fallen asleep in Jesus, will come up out of the ground. What a glorious event that will be. Then we who are alive and remain, and that's when we receive the immortality. But what about these bodies? Well, after that event, Jesus was in the upper room. He appeared in the upper room. Remember Thomas said, I, he said, he said, I won't believe unless I touch his hands and, and touch his side. And so that's why sometimes he's called Doubting Thomas. You know, because of that event, he walked thousands a miles all the way to India to tell people that Jesus is coming back, to tell people in India. That's why when we went to Chennai, India, Madras, there's a memorial of Thomas there. He had come all that way to tell them about Jesus because Jesus had said, go into all the world and preach and teach and baptize. That's the great commission that he has given Adventist World Radio. Go and preach and teach and baptize as a Christian. 
As a Seventh-day Adventist Christian, when you're baptized, like Jesus was baptized, the commission comes to you too to go and preach and teach to your neighbors, to your friends, wherever. Tell them about Jesus. Use the cell phone evangelism. Take the cell phones and share the, the sermons on prophecy. Wow. So as he appears to the disciples there in the upper room, he says, behold my hands. Luke chapter 24, verse 39. Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Our bodies will be like Jesus. We'll be real in heaven. Wow. I can't wait. We're not going to be some spirit that just floats around and hops around from cloud, cloud to cloud. And No, no, no. It's a real place. <laughs> a real place. Real bodies. If you have a limp, you're going to be fixed. We'll have perfect bodies in heaven. I can't wait. Jesus is coming in. Revelation 21, 4. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Lots of tears on those Obama mud guys. Lots of tears. Lots of bad things happening says God himself, will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. No more pain. No more COVID. No more viruses. No more killing. No more wars. It's all gone. The former things have passed away. They're gone, God tells us. This year, 2021, Adventist World Radio has been broadcasting for 50 years. Four years ago, we started broadcasting all across this island in Mindoro. We're doing the same in Mindanao and other parts in South and Inter-America. Um, we, we talk about broadcast to baptism, to go and preach and teach. That's what Jesus said. That's a great commission. So 50 years ago, we started this, and we really focused this year and last year, and the year before, and the year before. So four years ago, we started broadcasting in the mountains there in Mindoro. It was infested with communist rebels who've been fighting to overthrow the government for 50 years, just like almost 50 years, just like AWR. They've been fighting and fighting and fighting, killing and killing. It's been, this place has been called the killing fields. Even. It's, it's horrible. Horrible. Like the general said to me, we're sick and tired of killing our own people and they're being shot at and being killed. This year, you remember I told you about Carl Martin? He, he's going to be baptized. He was the general in charge of all the rebels. The government has come to us and they said, because of your medical work, because of what you do to help the people on the island, and because of what you're doing to touch their hearts and tell them about Jesus, we want to eradicate the rebels, the NPA, this year in Mindoro. Wow. Isn't that amazing how God can use Adventist World Radio as he broadcasts into those mountains, touch people's hearts, tell them about Jesus, send our medical people in, our dentists in, our doctors. Isn't that incredible? We want to eradicate terrorism and the killings in Mindoro this year as we tell them about Jesus. And we even want our soldiers to go with you. We'll give them projectors and they'll do medical talks and we'll do talks to the, to the people in the mountains about Jesus. He's coming again. Lives will be changed. We're going to be there this, this year, the end of this year. We're going to talk to them again and hopefully the 
all the rebels will be finished this year, 2021. By God's grace, God has a plan. No matter what you've done, you may say, you may be saying, this is a great sermon, Dr. McKee. I like what you're saying, (laughs) but I'm too bad. You don't know how bad I am. No, I don't, but God does. I know how good God is. (laughs) He would have died just for you. That's how good he is. He says, he takes your sins and casts them into the depths of the sea. Yes, you can cry. Tears will run down your your cheeks as you think of God's grace. And no matter what you've done, Jesus died just for you. Revelation 14, 4. These are the ones who follow the Lamb. That's you. (laughs) That's you as you give your heart to Jesus. These are the ones who follow the Lamb. Wherever he goes, these were redeemed from among men, being first fruits to God and to the Lamb. Now let's go to Isaiah 65, 17. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, nor come to mind. A new heaven, a new earth. It's going to be brand new. God's going to give us. Isaiah 11, 6 and 9. And the leopard shall lie down with the kid. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. It's not amazing when you think of it. Lions and leopards and <laughs> they're going to be pets. <laughs> you want a pet lion? You want a pet? I want a pet elephant. Kathy wants a pet giraffe. <laughs> what do you want? In heaven, everything is possible. It is. We will participate in real activities. Isaiah 65, 21 to 22. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. Yeah, we're going to build our own houses. He will get tired there. And, and, and you know, when you're, when you're putting a nail in, you won't hit your thumb and you'll have no pain there. It's going to be exciting. When I hear a gorgeous song and somebody can sing beautiful, I think, by my angel is going to teach me how to sing when I get to heaven. It's going to be a glorious place with beautiful things. Everything's going to be perfect. The food's going to be perfect. Everything we look at is beautiful and perfect. Matthew 8, 11. And I say to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. They'll come. They'll come. All are saved by faith. And it tells us in Hebrews 11, the, the uh, chapter of faith, it says, by faith, Abraham. It tells us by faith, Moses. will be there by faith. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Moses, Abraham, all will be in heaven by faith. (laughs) Let me tell you a story. You remember the story of of Moses with the children of Israel. He pled before the Pharaoh and uh, all the back and forth. And finally, he was allowed to take the children of Israel. He gets to the Red Sea and the the Egyptian army is behind him, and as he <laughs> moves to the Red Sea, the Red Sea opens up, and they walk across on dry land, and then it closes back on the armies. Well, <laughs> it's amazing. I heard a little story about a young man. He just found Jesus, and he was on an airplane flying from Portland, Oregon, to Boston, Massachusetts, here in America. And he had just become a Christian. He took his Bible with him, and as they sat down, there's a, a, another guy who sat with him, and he was a skeptic. He was kind of an ugly old guy. And so this young man began to read his Bible. And, and the, the skeptic says, what are you doing? And he says, oh, I'm, I'm reading my Bible. Oh, you can't believe anything that's in there. <laughs> and so 
the young man kind of felt bad, but he kept reading his Bible. And then he says, look at this, look at this. This is so exciting. What, what, what's exciting? This is so, well, look at this. This is so exciting. What's exciting? Well, uh, Moses, with all the children of Israel, came to the Red Sea, and he parted the water, and they walked across on dry land. And the old skeptic says, oh, I've heard that that the, the Red Sea back then, now this is, this is what he's saying, it's not true. <laughs> I've heard the Red Sea back then was just six inches deep. <laughs> and so, and the, little, the young Christian, young man bowed his head and felt a little bad and he kept reading. And he says, look at this, look at this, this is so exciting. And the skeptic says, now what's, what's wrong? Well, he said, God drowned the whole Egyptian army in six inches of water. <laughs> well, <laughs> of course, it was the Red Sea. It wasn't six inches of water, but the old skeptic was put in his place <laughs> by this young man. It's true. You can believe what the Bible says. God is true. We, we know it's true that Daniel was thrown into a den of lions. It's true. It's true. We know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were, were put in a fiery furnace. It's true. You can believe what God says. You can count on what God says. We, we know it's true that Peter, he was walking on the water, and he took his eyes off Jesus, and he sort of he started sinking and he cries out, Lord, save me. And Jesus saved him. It's true. It's true. You can believe what God says. You see, to be a Christian in the early days of Christianity meant that you had to take a stand for Christ and his truth. Today, too, a time is coming. That's why I wanted to give you that chart. <laughs> it tells you what's happening on the chart. You can see what's coming with the mark of the beast and the death decree and everything is coming. And this time, too, just like in the early days, you have to take a stand for truth for Jesus. Joshua 24, 15, he says to the children of Israel, Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river, or, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, who will you serve? Choose you for yourselves this day who you will serve. But as for me and my house, we too will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Let me tell you about this guy. His name is Harrison Ford. A reporter was talking to him some time ago. And he said to the reporter, you only want what you ain't got. <laughs> so the reporter says, okay. Uh, Mr. Ford, what ain't you got? And he said, peace, peace. Isaiah 26, 3, God says, he'll give us perfect peace as we keep our mind stayed on him. Peace. You can have peace now, knowing no matter what happens, through life or death, through sorrow, through tears, no matter what happens, you can have peace. Remember I told you the story of the nightmare that I had about the accident, the man on the poosh poosh who stepped out in front of me with a cart, and it was dark and blinded by a car coming, and I swerved and I hit the cart, and the young man was killed. Oh, that broke my heart. It's been a little, had to go to court, and I was accused of murder by God's grace. It's all over. Yeah. You see, I would wake up at night, though. That's what the problem was. It wasn't the court case. It wasn't anything else. I'd wake up at night sweating, sweating. It was breaking my heart. 
I saw that. I'd, I'd see that that young man's body, and and, and I, I it just I couldn't get out of my mind that I'd quote that text. Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. God wants you to trust. I learned that over and over again. I say that God will give us perfect peace. He'll give me perfect, he'll give you perfect peace as you trust in him. Jesus died that we might live and be forgiven. Wow, no matter what we've done, it's amazing. 1 Corinthians 2, 9, <laughs> I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Isn't that amazing? You can't even imagine. It's beyond belief. It's beyond belief what God has prepared for those who love him. These are some of my friends. Actually, these are some medical people in Iquitos, Peru. And I was telling them what we were doing by, by making put, putting the resurrection scene and the heaven scene. And so they said, could you put us... In, the, in a picture in the cemetery and how the cemeteries open up and we can look up and say, lo, this is our God and we have waited. And so we made this picture with our friends in Iquitos, Peru. This is our friends that I showed you in Livingston, Zambia. My friend, an angel there, he, he actually, he's, he's six foot eight inches tall and he made a perfect angel. And in the picture, you see him holding a baby out to a husband and wife. Wow. And they began to cry because they had lost a baby. Remember I told you that story? Families will be reunited, friends, all around the world when Jesus comes. Here are my friends in Hong Kong, the same thing. Families will be reunited when Jesus comes. Revelation 14, 3 and 4, they sang as it were a new song before the throne who were redeemed from the earth. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever he goes, wherever he goes. Isaiah 66, 23, and it shall come to pass from one new moon to another and one from one Sabbath to another. What did I say? No, let, me, let me read that again. I, did you get that? From one Sabbath to another. And every Sabbath in heaven will come and worship God. That's why we're talking about the fact that that's the fourth commandment. God gave us a Sabbath. We'll be, we'll be reminded in heaven that he's our creator. God. God, the God of the universe. He created everything out there. And on Sabbath, we'll celebrate the Sabbath and praise his name for creating us and thank him for the gift of salvation in Jesus. All flesh shall come in to worship before me, says the Lord. From one Sabbath to another, every Sabbath. It'll be a perfect world. Harmony is there. I can't wait. Would you like to have a pet lion? Maybe a pet lamb too? And have them lay down together. The Bible says that's going to happen. It is. It's coming in heaven. Revelation 21, 4. God will wipe away. God himself. Can you imagine God doing this? Coming to you, wiping away your tears. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. Never fear death again. Never fear evil again. Isaiah forty thirty one. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Some of you get real tired when you try to run, and some of you have problems walking, but in heaven it's all going to be over. You're going to have perfect bodies. 
our heavenly home and there through the nebula of Orion up in heaven with the center of the universe and God himself will be there. You know, that's what's going to make heaven heaven. God himself will be there. Jesus will be there. We'll, we'll live in the heavenly home with the creator, God, and Jesus, his son. Revelation 21, 3, And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. God, the creator of the universe, is going to be with us in heaven, with us, you and me. In heaven, your family, your children, you and me. In Don't you love him? <laughs> Don't you love him? Revelation 22, 1 and 2. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits. Wow. <laughs> One tree, the tree of life. It gives out 12 different kinds of fruits. I can't wait, can you? Jesus is coming again. Jesus. This is a picture of where my mama and my daddy, my mom and dad, are buried in Kearney, Oklahoma. Uh, I, I have here with me, I wanted to show you, uh, the Bible for my mother. This, this is her Bible. And I have it, and I read occasionally through some of the things that she has marked in the Bible and things she has put in there. Wow, it's amazing, my mother's Bible. And if you can see over here to my left shoulder, you'll see a saddle and a rope and things. That's my daddy's. That's my daddy's saddle. He, he loved horses, and he rode horses. He grew up on horses there in Oklahoma. One day soon, I'm going to be there. At this. I'm going to be there. And Jesus would come. I want to see my mom and dad. Kathy, I see her mom and dad as well. You have people you want to see? L let me tell you about my mother. She would say to me, I'm strong on prayer, son. I'm strong on prayer. <laughs> she prayed for my dad. You see, when my dad was a, a teenager, his mother got sick and died of cancer. That's my grandmother. And, and he prayed and prayed, and his other two brothers, Irvin and Clarence, they prayed as well. My dad's name was Lewis. He prayed and prayed for their mother. She had colon cancer. She died. And there's something hard to swallow about that. God, why didn't you hear my prayer? Well, a few years later, mom and dad, mother had lost her mom as well of cancer. And so the two of them were left there in the church together with other young people in Kearney, Oklahoma, and they started dating and they got married. A couple of years after they were married, my father stopped going to church. This, this thing about his mom just ate on him and his two brothers, Irvin and Clarence too, they stopped going to church. My mother prayed and prayed and prayed. 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. She wouldn't give up, 40 years. I can remember so well. We were missionaries in Africa, and I got a letter from my mother. We got Once a week, I would get a letter from her, and I'd write her every week. And got this letter, and I, I read in the letter I, where we're having a series of evangelistic meetings on prophecy. Uh, would you pray that your father would go? 
And I put the letter down. I said to Kathy, I don't know why mother does this. It's been 40 years she's been praying for him. He's not going to go. I'm not going to pray. And they finally, um, you know, wives are so wonderful. My, my, I got the best wife in the world. And Kathy says, honey, you really need to pray for your dad. And I thought, yeah, I guess I do. So we started praying for dad. Next week, got another letter and said, your, your dad uh, is going to church. Keep praying. <laughs> and he was rebaptized. The pastor came out, caught him in the dairy barn with the milk cows, and he knelt down in the dairy barn, and he gave his heart to Jesus. Several years passed, and Uncle Urban, his brother, dad's brother, also came back to Jesus, probably because of my mother's prayer. She had prayed so much for him, too. He came back to Jesus and was rebaptized. And then Uncle Clarence, their younger brother, he, he they'd all been in the war, and the World War II, and they just resisted so much, and especially Clarence. And one day, my dad, Lewis, said to his brother, Urban, you know, we need to go down to Oklahoma City and visit our brother Clarence and ask him to, to give his heart to Jesus, too, and prepare for Jesus soon coming. And, and so they got in the car, and they drove down there, and they were thinking about what they should do, and they got, they got to their uh, little brother Clarence's house, and and uh, they knocked on the door and went in, and they were excited to see their all three brothers, and they began to talk about all kinds of stuff that they used to do, and it, it was kind of fun. Clarence had made this this man cave, he called it. It was his garage he had converted into a place where he could sit, drink, and smoke, and watch sports or whatever he wanted to do, and it was his place. And they talked and talked and talked, and finally, Uncle Irwin says to Clarence says, Clarence, Lewis and I have given our hearts to Jesus and we're going back to church. Why don't you do the same? And boy, he got mad. He took his beer can he was drinking and slammed it down and blew smoke at them. He says, I don't want to have anything to do with all those hypocrites in church. I'm not going to that church. No, 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 no. (laughs) And lots of bad words. (laughs) Clarence, just settle down. Just settle down. It's all right. It's all right. And, And then again, they said to him, after a few minutes, Clarence, we, it's, it's really serious. We don't know how much longer we'll be on this Obama mud on this, in this world. And Jesus is coming. Don't you want to? Boy, he got mad again. And he started swearing and blowing smoke at them. And they said, Clarence, just settle down. Settle down. Settle down. <laughs> after some time, after some time, last time, they, we later learned that uh, my dad and my uncle Irvinth said to themselves, we're going to try one more time. That's it. <laughs> this, is, this is tough. <laughs> and then my dad said, uh, Clarence, one of these days, Irvin and I, we're going to be in heaven. It's going to be so wonderful. We're going to be walking on those golden, beautiful streets. And as we walk down those streets, we're going to see Mama. Mama is going to come and she'll see us and recognize us and she'll be running to us and her, her long black hair will be flowing and she'll, she'll be so excited. She's almost screaming, Louis, Irvin. <laughs> she'll grab us and hug us and kiss us and tears will come down her cheeks. And, and then she's going to say, Louis, Irvin, where is your little brother Clarence? Clarence, what do you want us to tell Mama? Clarence got big tears in his eyes. 
this time he put his, his beer can down, he put out his cigarettes and he said, you tell mama, I'm coming too. I'm coming too. My uncle Clarence was well then, but because of his smoking, he had lung cancer soon, and six months later he died. But he died in the hope of seeing his mother in heaven. My daddy died in the hope of seeing his mother in heaven. One day, Kathy and I, we want to see our moms and dads in heaven. That's a promise. That's a promise. Do you have people you want to see in heaven? I know you do. Don't let anything stand between you and Jesus. Don't let anything stand between you and Jesus. Accept that gift of salvation. Jesus is coming so soon, friends. He's coming so soon. He's preparing a place for you. Preparing a place for you. I know you want to be there. Don't you want to be there? Some of you have been thinking about being baptized like Jesus. If, if you've been thinking about that, just, just go to that WhatsApp number. To write this down. Plus one. This is WhatsApp. 224-222-0777. Write that down. Plus one. 224-222-0777. Or take a screenshot of it. If you want to text, you can just put with no plus one. 224-222-0777. And say, yes, pray for me. I want to be baptized like Jesus. I want to be ready to go home with him. Just, just text that to us. Yes, I want to be. And then if you want that chart that we talked about, that beautiful chart, text that to us. Send me the, the end time chart. <laughs> Send me the end time chart. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, my friends around the world, as they're watching this video, I pray that their hearts will be touched. We have friends all across the Far East, the Philippines and Asia and India and China and Middle East and Israel and Europe and South and Inter-America, across North America, are listening. Each one of us, we want to be ready to go home. And yes, Lord, we want to be baptized if we haven't been baptized like Jesus, yes. Please forgive us our sins. Accept, accept us as we are. Father, please, as we raise our hand and say, Lord, yes, save me, forgive me my sins. Father, the hope that we have that Jesus is coming. Say, Lord, one day soon, these families, all these relatives, all these friends will be reunited on the resurrection morning. I want to see Jesus. I want to see Mama and Daddy. And I know, Lord, all these friends of ours too around the world want to see their relatives, their moms and dads and their children too. Keep that hope burning in our hearts. Keep it burning in my heart. Help us to never let anything stand between us and Jesus. In his name I pray. Have you ever wondered, friends, why there are so many different kinds of churches, religions, and groups around the world on this Obama? This next presentation, we will discover that.